Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want to thank our senior pastor for the opportunity to stand here before you to bring forth the word. Um, it's um, anybody who has stood here to bring forth the word, you know it's not it's not um, the same as just even the announcement sometimes can be unnerving. But um, it takes a whole lot to bring forth the word. It pretty much shuts down your entire week because you're waiting to hear what God has to say to the people. Um, and um, <clears throat> this time around, as you can notice, even in my singing today, my voice completely gave out because uh, <laughs> I had to spend so much time, couldn't even sleep last night. And so, but I thank God because his joy is my strength. Amen. And nothing will stop my praise. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible never said, praise the Lord on key. He didn't say, sing to the timing. Now you may be distracting somebody or interrupting somebody else's praise, but it never said you have to keep the timing when you're praising him. Or that there has to be some type of music playing in the background for you to give him praise. Amen? This is just preamble. I don't know. Um, but God is good. God is good. I'm just find, trying to find a way to start this message today. I'm just so overwhelmed by his love. God is so, so good. So good. How many of you joined the um, ALO service? pastor wasn't joking when he said we might not be able to sit down through that service. It was he just came out the gate guns blazing. What? What? You listen to that kind of message and now here I am to preach right after <laughs> but I thank God that it is not by might nor by power. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, having said that, you have the responsibility to give this message a title. Whatever message, whatever title you give it, that's what it is. <laughs> I'm just going to focus on the, on the meat of it. Now, over the course of um, a couple of weeks now, our senior pastor has been teaching on just praise. So, if you're joining us for the first time, you can just go back three weeks, I believe, and catch up on all the teachings titled Just Praise. And through this uh, meeting, uh, Pastor made two statements that hit me. The first one is that the essence of our creation is to praise Him. He said that during the ALO service. The essence of your creation is to praise God. And he got that reference from Isaiah chapter 43, I think verse 21, uh, where the Bible says, I think in the message, it says, we were custom made to praise him. God put us together so that we can bring him praise. And one of the words that describe or translates praise is honor or celebrate. Amen. 
So every day of our lives, we ought to honor him. We ought to praise him. We ought to celebrate God in everything we do. Hallelujah. And the second statement he made is that praise is the highest expression of faith. Praise is the highest expression of faith. And you wonder, what has faith got to do with praise? It takes faith to praise. Psalm 150 and verse 6. You know, how many of you have ever been in a place where somebody receives a testimony, a miracle? You know, you just receive the report that you've been waiting for. And you walk into that room and see that person receive that text message or that call or that email and the person breaks out into praise. You know, praise God, thank God, hallelujah, and all of that. Now, a lot of times when we get into that room, without even receiving the details or the full gist of what has just happened, just because that person is praising God for something, we just engage. We start to praise alongside, but in some cases, you know, you're praising, at the back of your mind, let me just wait for the right time to ask, what's up, what's the gist? (laughs) You know? And then when they hint at it and say, listen, The Lord has done it. He has given me this. Boom. You did not pre-plan a song. All of a sudden, a song bubbles forth. And you begin to sing. You begin to dance. You know, clapping and shouting. Somebody else is walking past with so much on their mind. And that infectious praise just catches them. Sometimes, you know, you yourself, you are going through something, but because the Bible says rejoice with them that do rejoice, you engage in that praise as well because you know that there is power in that praise. Hallelujah. But let me ask this question. Would you praise God even if there is no testimony to share at that time? If you see me just break out into singing, dancing and shouting and just celebrating, say, "Say, what's going on? Hallelujah. Has the Lord done it? I said, no, the Lord hasn't done it. So why are you dancing? Just because the Lord is good. And I said, okay, I can tell you for the most part, a lot of people would not dance with too much energy at that time. Why? Because why are we dancing anyway? The problem is still there. You haven't overcome yet. (laughs) But the Bible says, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. You haven't received the miracle yet, but we have to put a deposit of praise. Either way. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 150 verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The New Living Translation says, let everything that breathes. So if you are breathing, with every breath you breathe, praise must accompany it. Let everything that breathes sing praises. Continually sing praises to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hezekiah, 
was a king who at some point the Lord sent a prophet to him and said listen put your house in order you're about to die it's time your time is up just put up and you know when the Lord sends his word he brings it to pass as long as the Lord has spoken it is coming to pass Hezekiah knew that listen it is over but if he could just check in with God just one more time and remind the Lord of one or two things right before the prophet could get into his SUV and go the Lord sent him back said listen don't go yet come back and tell him I give you 15 more years I give you 15 more years so you can do what? Check this out. Isaiah chapter 38 verse 18 to 20. Isaiah chapter 38 18 to 20 and I would like us to read this in the New Living Translation. The Bible says there from verse 18 for the dead cannot praise if you can please underline the dead cannot praise for the dead cannot praise you now Hezekiah thinking maybe you don't understand what he just said he said in the next statement they cannot raise their voices in praise now in case you still don't get it those who go down to the grave can no longer hope in your faithfulness. And so he pulls back and he switches it up a little bit in the next verse and says, only the living can praise you. Only the living can praise Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Only the living can praise you. This is somebody who has just received 15 years and the topmost thing on his mind is to render praise to God to honor God to celebrate God the Bible says there only the living can praise you as I do today every generation tells your faithfulness to the next verse 20 think of it the Lord is ready to heal me I will sing his praises with instruments every day of my life. For the next 15 years, every day through those years, I will praise you. Every chance I get, I will praise you. With every breath I breathe, I will praise you. Through this statement here, through these verses few things we need to note praise belongs to God the Lord deserves the praise at all times at all times the Lord deserves and he must be praised as long as you are a part of this kingdom you are expected to praise you owe praise to God some of the things we need to note through this, the way he made this statement is that it is a privilege and also a duty to praise. It is a privilege and a duty 
for us to praise God. The next thing I got from this is that praise is not optional. It is never okay not to praise God. You can never find reason enough to say, I will not praise God. Through this week, you know, I just found myself thinking, you know, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And instantly I said, you know what, let me hold my breath and try to praise. If you can, just try it out. And while you are holding your breath, shout praise the Lord without breathing out. It is impossible. It is impossible. It is impossible. Praise is not optional. It is never okay not to praise God. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, The Lord inhabits the praise of his people. Some translation says, The Lord is enthroned upon our praises. So the more you praise God, the more he is magnified in your life. The more he is more visible in your life. The more he reigns in your life. Hallelujah. In this scripture, the Bible, um, um, Hezekiah said that in verse 18, in verse 19 actually, he said, each generation tells of your faithfulness to the next. And so through that, what I got from that is that through praise, we communicate God's faithfulness from one generation to another. Think about it. When you were, when you were a little child, you can, I don't know if you can remember anything you were taught when you were a child. When you were five when we're three, or whatever. But guess what? You might be able to remember the nursery rhymes, the little rhymes and songs and things you learned while you were a little child. Sometimes it just pops up and you begin to sing it. You're like, oh, wow. And sometimes you're like, where did that come from? We communicate God's covenant, God's faithfulness. The way you communicate it to the little children from one generation to another, you put it in a song. You put it in a rhyme so that they can remember when those rhythms come up. They can remember, wow, our God is faithful and holy. Our God is enthroned on high. He's a covenant keeping God. He is Jehovah. Back then when we gave our lives to Christ, all the songs we heard were songs that were lifted directly from scripture. So you are singing scripture every moment. We are not singing about anybody's problems. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Those were the songs we were singing. Whoso offereth praise, glorifieth God. And he who ordereth his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. Those were songs we were singing. 
We didn't know where they were in the script. We didn't know where, where it was in the scripture. But we knew the songs. And they were just engrafted in our hearts. And the joy you feel when you flip through scripture and see the songs and in scripture, like, oh wow, this is where it came from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You communicate God's faithfulness from one generation to another through songs. The Bible says that uh, in, in Psalm 8 verse 2, can you put it up for me? In Psalm 8 verse 2, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, the Lord has ordained praise, ordained strength. Say, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. Do you have it in New International Version? Do we have that? You don't. Let me read it out what I saw. New International Version says, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. In silence the foe, to silence the foe at the avenger through the praise of children. Those children will not have that praise if you do not teach them to praise. And finally, the best time, the right time to praise God is right now the right time to praise God is right now. If you keep searching for the perfect time to praise, you will never praise. It is always the right time to praise. Psalm 92 verse 1 and 2. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto our God to show forth his loving kindness in the morning and his faithfulness at night. It is a good thing. It is the right thing. Hallelujah. There is never a wrong time to praise God. If you don't like my praise, give me some room. You don't know where I'm coming from. You don't know what I've been through. Give me some room. Let me praise God. Hallelujah. If I inconvenience you with my praise, I'm sorry. But give me some room. I'm not going to stop my praise because of you. If you can do the things that the Lord has done for me, then I will be silent. But for as long as you cannot redeem my soul, you cannot heal my body, you cannot meet every single one of my needs, you cannot protect me and keep me and preserve me, Give me some room. Now one thing, one statement to wrap all of this together is praise is not dependent or contingent on favorable circumstances. We don't praise God because everything is right. We don't praise God because we have everything we need. We don't praise God because we feel good and we feel great. We praise God because he is good. We praise God because he is our redeemer. We praise God 
And if you're looking for a reason to praise God and you don't have one at present, look in your past. Where are you coming from? What has it done for you? Where is it bringing you from and where are you today? I saw a picture. Somebody sent me a picture of myself many, many years ago. This was like late 90s, a picture I took in the late 90s. Lord Jesus. <laughs> and I was asking this young man, so you mean I was looking this way and none of you said anything? <laughs> this was what I looked like? I said, well, praise God. I don't look like where I'm coming from. I don't know. If I was looking that way when I met my wife, yeah, I probably would still be single today. <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> the Lord did a major work on me. Hallelujah. That's all I'm saying. Glory to God. There was total transformation. We do not praise because he because of what he is doing or what he has done. We don't just praise him because of that. We don't praise only because we are expecting something to happen in our lives. That is good, but that is not the only reason we should praise. We don't praise because we were told to. You know, sometimes we come to church and we say, can you put your hands together? Can you sing? Can you dance? And it's almost like, listen, do I have to make you praise and sing to your God? Well, listen, we don't have to praise because you were told to. We don't have to praise because we see everybody praising and you don't want to be left out. You praise because he is your God. Because you know who he is. You know that he is faithful. That he may not have come through today, but you do know that he will come through. And even if he doesn't come through, your praise will not cease. What the Lord has done is enough for you to praise him for the rest of your life. Even I tell myself sometimes, Lord, if you do not perform any other miracle in my life, I will not stop praising you. That is my own arrangement with God. It, I, I might not feel good about what is going on, but it's not going to stop me from praising you. Glory to God. Two stories in the Bible that I want to present to you right now. Two groups of people, one set, have just experienced a great miracle, testimony on their lips. And another set have suffered a huge setback in their lives. They have nothing in recent times to praise God for. And we are going to see how both of them responded in that situation. I want us to flip our Bibles over to the book of Exodus chapter 15. These are the children of Israel. They had just come out of Egypt. The Lord had just delivered them from Egypt. Now, in case you don't understand what the Lord did, the Lord stepped in and made nonsense of the gods 
of Egypt. When you look at those plagues, what the Lord did, he rubbished the gods of Egypt to let them know that you guys cannot do anything. He went in and made a mess of their economy. Destroyed livestock and everything that has come out of the ground. He destroyed upcoming harvest and existing harvest. He destroyed everything. Set them back economically. He destroyed and he went ahead. The last one was to take out the firstborn of every living thing. So you, can, you, you cannot continue in your wickedness with your firstborn or whatever. It, it stops right there. Set them back. And then finally, destroyed the army of the Egyptians. Because what the Pharaoh said was, bring the best chariots. The best men. The best weapons. So, all the best was out. These are the failure-proof weapons that they have. They will not miss. Tested and trusted weapons and machines. And they went out against the children of Israel. And the Lord destroyed every single one of them. So he destroyed their military might as well. Set them back completely. So at this point, there is no way Egypt can rise up and say, we are coming after you for revenge. You have enough problems at home to deal with. Set them back totally. And the children of Israel were standing on the other side of of the Red Sea, watching all of this happen. Watching the very people who killed their fathers and their, and their mothers and their brothers and their sisters. The people who were whipping them and punishing them and taking them through all of the worst things in their lives. Watch them perish in that, in that Red Sea. They could not believe that we are actually free. Up until that moment, they were like, these people are going to catch up with us. We are finished. But right now they are free. Totally free. And they watched their enemies get destroyed right before their eyes. So you know that there is no way these people are coming after you. Because you know sometimes when you escape certain things. And the thing that was chasing you is still alive. Somehow you have some type of PTSD that this thing is going to rise up again someday and come come after you. You know so you are looking over your shoulder. But now you don't have to look over your shoulder because it is destroyed. The Lord did that. And Moses and the gang, they came up with, you know, a song that blew the charts. Wrote the song in, in chapter 15 from verse 1. And they sang all day, sang all night. I mean, you have been delivered. Some of us, when we cross that Red Sea, you want to take off as quickly as possible. But they stayed right there at the bank of the Red Sea and wrote a song right there and then. This song was not prepared before they crossed. This song came right there. After the deliverance, the Bible calls it the song of deliverance. They started to sing praises to God for what he has done. How the horse and the rider has been cast into the sea. And how the Lord has done a terrible thing against the enemy. The Lord delivered them and brought them out from bondage. 
And here they are standing and singing and praising God and all of that. And trust Miriam. Miriam came out with a tambourine. I wonder where the people are with their tambourines to just interrupt the service for a minute. They pulled out the tambourine and began to praise God and to shake it around and dance around. And even Miriam, in the spirit of that praise, remixed the song that they just wrote and wrote her own verse right there again and praised God some more. Because it was huge. They have never seen a thing like this before. Yes, the Lord did great and mighty things in the lives of their forefathers. But Abraham did not see something like this. Isaac did not see something like this. Even their father Joseph did not see something like this. This is great. This is awesome. They praised God. They danced. And when they were done. Alright, now let's start the journey to our promised land. Because now you know, you have seen that God is faithful. God comes, brings his word to pass. He has delivered you from your enemy and he has destroyed your enemy. Now we can believe that he will take us to that promised land he has been talking about, right? So they started their journey. And we're going to read from verse 22. Verse 22 of chapter 15, Exodus. And I'm still reading from the New Living Translation. I believe this is it. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of shore. They traveled in the desert for three days. How many days? Without finding any water. They have just been delivered. They've just received the breakthrough. The Lord has done this mighty work in their life. Here comes this challenge. Let me ask a question. How overwhelming is lack of water compared to being delivered from bondage in Egypt and coming across the Red Sea on dry ground? Is that greater too much for God to do compared to parting the Red Sea. Am I making sense? And they came to a point where three days and they've been holding it in. They said, day one, no water. And they're looking at Big Mo. So, okay, let's keep going. Uh, day two. Now, you know, when people are no longer in agreement... You know, in the beginning, you're walking like this and you're feeling like you're a part of the movement. And day two, you now begin to reduce your strides, hoping that Mo will see you and say, hey, what's up? Why, why are you guys slowing down? And Moses was just so in the groove. I said, let's go. The Lord is leading us. Day three, they, fi they finally came to a place called Mara. Let's read from verse 23. When they came to the oasis of Mara. The water was too bitter to drink. They saw water. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. The thing you've been longing for is right there. But now it's too bitter to drink. Ah. It is too bitter. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter. 24. Then the people praised and glorified God. Is that what you see in your Bible? 
Then the people danced and shouted for joy. Then the people lifted up Moses and say, how great thou art. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. It didn't start that day. They've been murmuring and complaining in their heart. Three days, are you kidding me? No water. After dancing all night, grooving and sipping something that they got from Egypt. Are you kidding me? Now they are parched, dry and ready to... And, and, and they got to the place that Moses is leading them to. And everything looks good, looks great. There is water and it's bitter. They come, Moses, what is wrong with you? I mean, let's, let's have this conversation right now. Is everything okay? How can you bring us all the way here and raise our hopes so much and now you're presenting us with bitter water? And now they turned against him. They were not only complaining, they now pitied against him. The same person that led you out. Where are you going? <laughs> Where do you know you are going? Because the Lord is not going to speak to you anyway. We are still talking about praise. And they complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. The committee came forward to place a demand. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. And watch Moses. Moses refused to buy into that nonsense. Rather, he turned his eyes to God and said, So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood that has always been there. The wood didn't just show up. The wood was right there on the floor all along. And Moses threw it in the water. And that made the water good to drink. These people could have walked up to Moses and say, in the spirit of that joy and rejoicing, remembering what the Lord has done before, knowing that our God is faithful, continuing in, you praised God all day. Just three days after a great miracle, how many times have you been in a situation where the Lord had just blessed you with something great and you forgot to even thank him? Because now that blessing has opened the door for something else. The Lord gives you a job that you've been praying for for two, three years. You finally have the job. Now you're wondering, Lord, how do I get there? It's so far away. It's 30 minutes away. I don't have a car. Can you like pause and thank him for what he has done already? If he gave you that job, surely he's making arrangements for you to get there. And even if he doesn't provide the car, you start walking from midnight till we get to the office. The Lord blesses you with a child. Now you're wondering, oh Lord, how am I going to feed this child? You've been praying for years for the child. How am I going to raise this child? Oh, what a wicked world. Are you kidding me? We forget to praise him. Or our praise is cut short. You dance and praise when everybody's around and the next minute you're wondering, oh Lord God, now that you've done this one, have you forgotten about this? Have you forgotten about that? 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. At all times. And they cried out. And they finally got water to drink. Let's skip all the way down to verse. Verse 27. Now watch this. These people. Had just turned away from God. And forgotten that he gave them a miracle. And gave them a blessing. They terminated their praise. And started to complain. Verse 27, after leaving Marah, the Israelites traveled on, on to the oasis of Elim. When they, where they found 12 springs and 70 pounds, they camped there beside the water. This Elim, based on what I read online and checked a lot of reports on this, was between 2 to 12 miles away from Mara. In other words, this was between 2 to 5 hours away from Mara. If they could have held on for 2 more hours, or maybe, it's not up to a day, 2 more hours, 3 more hours, they will come up to the place where the Lord had prepared for them. If they had continued in that praise, if they had continued trusting the Lord, or even if you couldn't go on, you walk up to Moses and say, Moses, not for my sake, but for these little ones, is there something the Lord can do? We saw you turn the water to blood in Egypt. Can you do something? Take that, your rod or whatever you have in your hand right now and touch this water so it can turn to something we can drink. For now, while we wait on the, the thing the Lord is about to do. They did not do that. They went straight from praise to complaining. Meanwhile, the Lord had something just over the hill on the other side. Two, three, four, five hours away. We prematurely just terminate God's operation in our lives because the timing we set, the timeline we gave God for Him to show up, He didn't show up. I said, Lord, you know what? I'm going to hold back my praise until you show up. We heard one song many, many, many years ago in the early 90s, you know, back in Nigeria. This person, with joy in their heart, they were singing, you know, Lord, until you do that thing that I've been asking for you to do, then I will praise you. And the groove was so nice and all that. <laughs> so you'll be singing it and going on until, so you know how sometimes... It just hits you like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, what, what am I singing? So, because the Lord hasn't done it yet, so no praise. Seriously? And trust me, it is very difficult to praise when you're going. Because, you know, sometimes challenges, they say, when it rains, it pours. 
It's like one minute you're dealing with this, the next minute you're dealing with that. And it's like, come on, Lord, is it just me? Am I the only one on the earth? But that is not enough to stop your praise. That is not enough to stop your praise. Yes, I understand, you know, the bills are due. Praise him. They're about to repossess the car. Praise him. Rent is due. Praise him. Just a few hours. Just a few hours. And they would have come into the best. Twelve. How many was it? Twelve springs. Enough water to satisfy every single one of them. At this point, when you read the next chapter, it talks about that these people camped there for at least a month. An oasis. Everything was there. Beautiful place in the wilderness. The Lord had prepared for them. Who prepares 12 springs in the wilderness? How do you leave your house and go into the wilderness and begin to dig up 12 springs? For who? The Lord had prepared that before they showed up. The Lord has gone before you to make crooked places straight. Right now, what you are feeling is just the broken down walls that you're feeling under your foot and you feel like everything is going wrong. No, the Lord has prepared a place for you. So don't hold back your praise. Don't hold back your praise. There is no reason enough to hold back your praise. It doesn't feel God, it doesn't feel good. It's so inconvenient. You're looking around you, everything is moving on, moving forward and going forward and you are almost like stagnant and you're wondering, Lord, I'm praying, I'm praising. Everything is, I mean, I'm doing everything you said I should do, but there's no movement. Keep praising. Keep praising. Because suddenly, suddenly, the chains will be broken. The gates will be flung open. Deliverance will come. Restoration will come. The Lord will take shame away. But while you are waiting, keep praising. While you are waiting, keep praising God. Don't hold back your praise. Because there is power in that praise. That praise is enough to cause the walls to come down. You heard in the scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Where Jehoshaphat, the Lord told Jehoshaphat. He told him, listen. Drop your weapons. And lift up a praise. Lift up a praise. Let praise go first. And they went forward with praise and they got a, do you know what it means when three kingdoms come together against you? This is not just one. This is not just one. Three kings came together and said, we are going to destroy you. And then the Lord is telling you to drop your weapons. There is power in that praise. The Lord delights in your praise. The Lord wants you to praise. So every day you wake up, every waking, you should praise. You don't feel good in your body. Praise. The second bunch of people I want to talk about, amazing group of people. 
In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, maybe you know this backstory, but it came alive for me just recently. These were not just ordinary guys, you know, people from Israel. These were royalty. These were children, they were princes and noblemen. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible says in chapter 1 that Nebuchadnezzar and his guys besieged Jerusalem. And the Bible says in verse 2 also that the Lord permitted him to take a few things. The same God that they are worshipping permitted him. Verse 2, put up verse 2. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, please put this in a New Living Translation. <laughs> and, the, and the Lord gave him victory over King, you know what, of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred, the Lord permitted him to take some of the sacred things and to capture the children of Israel, what did they do? Even if their parents did something wrong, these young men did not do anything wrong. But they were captured. Taken into captivity. So all that story you are hearing about, whoa, they went into the fire, the fourth man and all that, these were princes. Princes in the times when you say you are a prince, it, it, it carries weight. Because these days, every fact, you have people who their first name is now Prince. Listen, in those days, when you are a prince, that is big. And they grabbed this man. And, and put verse 3 for me, please. It says, then the king ordered that guy, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family. So I'm not making this up. And the other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. They captured your father. <laughs> captured you along. Next verse. Select only strong, healthy, and good. Can you imagine? You are strong. You are healthy. If you're not good looking, you don't pass the test. I mean, justice for whatever. So, <laughs> good-looking young men, he said, make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning and gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal... You are a prince. You are operating in your own kingdom. They took you as a slave. Now you are now serving another king. The Lord had blessed you. You are the child of the CEO operating at the board and next thing there is a hostile takeover. And now you are hustling for position with every other person. I beg to apply. Isn't that enough reason to say, where is my God? Lord, what is happening? Lord, I will not praise you until you come through for me. But they didn't 
do that. They did not hold back their praise, even in captivity. I want to paint a picture for you to let you know that everything was going wrong for these people. The wisdom they had to build their own country, now they're in captivity and the Lord permitted it. Ah! And the Lord is doing nothing to change the situation. Chapter 3. This is where Nebu now said, let us, let everybody worship his image. At the sound of the whatever trumpet or whatever, whatever he's, he wanted to do, everybody will bow and worship. And if you can find that verse for me, where Nebuchadnezzar said, listen, I got reports that you guys have refused to praise and worship and honor me. Remember, all the praise belongs to God and he must be praised. It is not optional. You don't pick and choose when you need to praise God. Whether you feel like it or not, you got to praise God. If your feet is hurting, sit down and move those hands. If you cannot sit, lay down and roll on the floor, but you ought to praise. It is not optional. Because only the living can praise. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up. Next verse. I will give you one more chance. Can you imagine? I will give you one more chance to praise. <laughs> Bow down and worship and the statue I have made. When you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace and then what God what God will be able to rest. you see they put the God in small g because he had no knowledge or understanding of the big g what God will be able because he thought it was the graven images that he's been dealing with the ones that he will come and drop one or two one small bottle of vodka and whatever and just worship no God will be what God will be able to rescue you from my power the same God that permitted you to do something but sometimes God does things that may not make sense to you but at the back end at the end of it all, it is going to bring glory and praise to him. Next verse. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebu, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. These are people who, in quote, have been disappointed by God. Who the Lord did not rescue when they called out to him. Who the Lord permitted this evil man to take into slavery in a land that they do not know about and now they are serving him. Next verse. If 
we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve, the God whom we praise, the God whose we are is able to save us. He did not save them from being captives. But he is still able. The Lord did not heal me, but he is still able. The Lord did not deliver me, but he is still able. His praise is still intact. Praise awaits you here, oh God. He said, he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Next verse. Now check this out. But even if he doesn't, just the same way he didn't keep you from taking us into captivity, even if the Lord is silent on this matter and he allows us to be thrown into the... My guy, your majesty, they are still respectful. They did not disrespect him. But chairman, sir, that we will never emphatic statement we will never we don't we didn't we didn't there's no like multi choice like okay you know for now we will not we just let just check it out and see what happens in the next week or two he said we will never so we are ready for sudden death kill us now but you see this praise you see this worship you are not getting it it belongs to God alone. He said, we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. You see that? They, they didn't have any miracle to fall back on, any deliverance to fall back on. I don't know if they've experienced the mighty hand of God in their life at any point seeing that they are children of royalty. But all they know is the story of their forefathers that were delivered from Egypt. All they know are stories they were told and songs they've been singing and the books they've been reading of how good their God is, how faithful God is, how wonderful he is. He is a deliverer. He is the one that rescues. He is their fortress. He is their refuge and their strength. So Lord, we are waiting in line. We want to see this for ourselves. This praise is sure. We will give you this praise, oh God. No man, nothing else will receive your praise. It's bad enough that we are here using the energy the Lord has given us, the wisdom the Lord has given us, the grace the Lord has given us to serve you. Now you want to tap into that praise? You are, you, you are reaching too far now. I wanted to go all the way down to probably the last or the second to last verse. If you can find that. Now see what the Lord did. Take it up one, please, 28, so we can have context. And it says, then Nepal said, praise to the God, big G. Praise to the God. I'm just getting this in this service, so it's not like I prepared anything. We are all seeing it together at the same time. Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
Listen, he abandoned his statue. <laughs> he abandoned his own gods and redirected praise to the almighty God and he said, he sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defiled the king's command. He's even reporting himself. That they defiled me, but it's okay. <laughs> and we are willing to die rather than to serve or worship any God except their own big G. Next verse. Now watch this. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, they couldn't have achieved this. Living the life of luxury in their palace. The Lord wanted, the Bible says, let the praise of God, you know, abound in every nation. How did he say that thing? Praise the Lord, every nation. He says, let against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be turned limp for limp. And their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can... I thought he said, let me see the God that will rescue you. Now, he is the one preaching this gospel. They themselves said, we will not bow. We will not worship. Kill us. He said, let us see the God that will rescue. Now, he is the same one that has switched now from the small G God to the big G. And saying, listen, let me see who will not bow to this big G. We will tear you limb for limb. We will destroy and crush your house. And let us see which of these gods that we have in this land that can rescue you from this big God. Next verse. Is that the last verse? Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions. Still in bondage. But their praise for God was intact. Praise will bring promotion in your life. Praise will bring deliverance. It will bring promotion. When you lift, the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. They magnified God over the situation that they had. And the Lord pulled the king. And the king passed a decree that every man in the nation, there is no greater evangelism than that. When you pass a decree that you see, you see all these things we are doing here in this country? All it takes is somebody who will dare to say, listen, I don't care what is happening around. We will praise God the way he ought to be praised. And if he kills me, let us praise. Too much compromise. What are you hanging around here for? If you cannot praise God. What are you hanging around here for? Why do you have breath in your lungs if you cannot consistently praise your God? Final scripture and we close. I'm sorry I'm taking so much time. I hope you are getting something today. We praise God in every season. Praise God when we feel like it and when we don't. We will praise God when it's working and when it's not. We will praise God in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. 
we will praise him at night. We will praise him any day, any time, anywhere, anyhow. Whether on key, whether not on key, we will praise him. We will praise the name of our God. Whether people like it or not, we will praise our God. Habakkuk chapter 3 from verse 17. And I'm going to read this in a message translation and then we'll close out. What a good God. Oh, glory to God. The message translation, please. <laughs> Woo, Lord Jesus. Though the cherry trees don't blossom. <laughs> hey. Though the cherry trees don't blossom, you're investing. It's not producing anything. You are losing investment. Meanwhile, you prayerfully made that investment. And the strawberries don't ripen. You have walked this thing to a point, but it's not coming to maturity. It's not, it's not getting there. It's just there looking at you and you're looking at it. Though the apples are warm eaten, what it means is that you have harvested this thing and then you find out that it's been rubbish, it's been corrupted. You receive that good thing, but it ends up not really being a good thing. Sometimes these situations make you feel like, am I cursed? Isn't the Lord with me? And the scripture says there, and the wheat fields stunted. Though the sheep, sheep pens are sheepless. And the cattle barns empty. In other words, maxed out credit. Empty bank accounts. You don't even have any wiggle room to do anything. You're pretty much stuck. Verse 18. I'm singing joyful praise to God. Wait a minute. Don't you understand what is going on? Let's go back. How can you be singing joyful praises when you just said, though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are warm eaten and the wheat fields stunted, though the sheep pens are shipless and the cattle barns empty. You don't have any stock. You don't have anything to sell or buy. You don't have any resource at your disposal. And then you break out into singing joyful praise unto God. Your praise is not dependent on favorable circumstances. Things are going bad, yet will I praise my God. It's not working, yet will I praise my God. I'm turning, listen, I'm not only just singing, this scripture says I'm turning cartwheels of joy. This is not an act. You're not just putting up a performance. You're not just doing it for people to applaud you. He says, I am doing it with joy. It is from my heart unto my God. With joy to my Savior God. Let's go back to verse 18, 17 again. He says, do 
though the cherry trees don't blossom, I will turn cartwheels of joy to my God. Though the strawberry don't ripen, I will sing joyful praise to my God. Though the apples are warm eaten, I will do cartwheels unto my God. And though the wheat fields are stunted, though the sheep pens are shipless, I will praise my God. Hallelujah. I'm singing joyful praise to God. I cannot hold back this praise. It is not based on what I'm seeing right now. It is not based on how I'm feeling right now. I just love to praise my God because my God has been good to me. When I think back, when I look back on all the things that God has done for me, my soul is overwhelmed. My heart overflows with joy and praise to the God who made me, to the God of Israel, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the covenant keeping God, the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way. First 19 says counting on God's rule to prevail. The highest expression of faith is praise. While you are praising, faith is rising. Faith is rising. You are confident in this God that you serve. That though it's not working right now, he is still God. He is still faithful. It doesn't take anything away from him. Yes, the world is doing what the world will do. But my God remains El Shaddai. My God remains Jehovah. His name is Yahweh. He will be what he will be. And he will do what he will do. There is no stopping him. Nothing can interrupt his operation in your life. But just keep praising. Keep lifting him up. Counting on God's rule to prevail, I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. It's not working, but I will run like a deer. <laughs> it's not working, but I feel like I'm king of the mountain. He doesn't look it. But I feel like I can take this mountain. I feel like it's just right over this hump. <laughs> the oasis of Elim is just right there, two hours away. I'm not going to stop my praise right now. I'm not going to start complaining right now. Even if the Lord doesn't deliver us again, even if we continue to drink this bitter water, I will keep on praising him because just a week ago, I was being flogged and beaten. I was being bruised by an army of people who hated me for no reason. Even if I, the Lord doesn't do anything again, I have seen him destroy the enemy. I have seen him do great and mighty things. So it is established that my God is great. My God is faithful and what he said he will do he will do it so I will praise him just in case the Lord doesn't come through anymore for me I will still praise him just in case the Lord doesn't do anything else for me I will still praise him because he is God all by himself he doesn't need your help to be God he doesn't need an assistant God he is God all by himself he formed the waters he formed the earth he formed everything that 
will see. And he put you in there and said, you should take charge. The God that we serve is great and greatly to be praised. So why won't you praise him? Why won't you praise him? What is it that will stop your praise? What is it that will stop your praise? I want you to rise up on your feet right now. If you think it's going to get better in the world, you're not reading your scripture. If you think the world is just going to all of a sudden become better, you're not reading scripture. But in the midst of it, the Lord will make you glorious. So I want us right now to take a minute. Don't just succumb to whatever you're feeling. Just let the Spirit stir up praise from your heart. And whatever you want to do right now, put your hands together. Give a lot of shout. Sing a new song. Do a dance. Just give him praise in the house right now. You have one minute to praise God. Praise him like you've lost your mind. Praise him like he has done something magnificent in your life. Praise him like he deserves it. Praise him and give him the glory that is due his name. The scripture says, clap your hands, O ye people. Shout to the God of Zion. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. The Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Know ye not that the Lord is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Give him glory. Give him praise. Magnify his name. Glorify your God. What an awesome God. What a great God. It is a good thing to give thanks unto our God and to sing praises unto his name. To show forth his loving kindness in the morning and his faithfulness at night. Oh magnify the Lord with me. Oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Lord we praise you. Lord we glorify you. Lord we magnify you. Oh God we praise you. Oh God we praise you. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Don't put God on the clock. Don't put a time on God. Don't put a time on God. Praise God. Praise his name. Praise his name. Praise the eternal savior. Praise the everlasting father. Praise your deliverer. Praise your strengthener. Praise your hope. Praise your joy. God we praise you. Lord we magnify you. Lord, we magnify you. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me. All that is within me. Everything that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not his benefits. Forget not what the Lord has done for you. Forget not the ways he has made for you. Forget not the provisions he has given to you. Forget not the healing that he has given to you. Forget not all that he has done for you. There is enough for you to praise God. If you start in the morning, you cannot finish at night because the Lord has been good to you. 
Let everything that breathes, everything that breathes, everything that breathes, everything that breathes, sing praises, sing praises, glorify your God, glorify the risen Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep on praising. Keep on praising. Keep on praising. Keep on praising. Your praise is personal. Keep on praising. You don't know what the Lord has done for me. That is why I praise the way I praise. You ought to praise God because of what he has done. You ought to praise God because of what he is doing. You ought to praise God for what he will yet do. You ought to praise God for who he is, for how great he is. You ought to praise God. Let nothing stop your praise. We cannot continue blowing past praising God. You schedule your praise two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes and you're done. We cannot even go through a session of just praising God and glorifying his name. Because we are overwhelmed with what we are going through. And we're just waiting for the next prayer point. We just want to pray. Lord, give us a breakthrough. Lord, give us this, give us that. Can you just pause and praise? What a good God. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for an awesome service today. We thank you for all that you have done here. We thank you for communicating your truth to your people. Your praise will continue to abide and abound in our hearts, our God. It will overflow. It will permeate our environment, our God. Lord, we will be known as a people that praise you. Lord, we bless you. We give you glory. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.